It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. So we've been quarantined for a while and. People who say use this time productively don't have families. They say Shakespeare wrote King Lear while <laughs> under quarantine. If Shakespeare had to cook and do laundry, Lear would have as much dialogue as Rambo. I'm Brett Singer. This is my show. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. It is Friday, June 26th. The year is 2020. This is Brett from the Bunker. I am Brett Singer, and I am joined today by Christiana Jackson. Christiana, how are you? Hey, I'm well. How are you? Good morning. I'm pretty good, pretty good. So I ask everybody this. This is this has always been the first question um, because it's important. How are you holding up? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm doing better. This has been uh, a good well, this part of the week's been good, so I've been I'm doing better. It's it was been a little, little intense, a little grim, of course. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, I feel good. I feel pretty good. Okay, that's good. Um, that's good. That's very good. So now I know you've been quarantined. We've all been quarantined. Um, what have you been yeah. doing to stay sane? Like, what have you been doing to keep yourself normal during all this? Well. Actually, it's actually your quote is is exactly accurate because I have only been productive. I'm solo quarantined. Um, I live in Harlem. Uh, I've been in my apartment for 14 and a half years. It's rent stabilized. I call it my cheap coffin. So I do love my apartment, but the only way I've gotten through this is by staying productive and staying distracted. So if I had other people here, I would definitely get less done. Um, but so I've just been cooking and cleaning a lot, like a husbandless housewife. That's been my mode for all, pretty much Husbandless all housewife. I like so, that. That's very catchy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a catchy I mean, it's phrase. It's quite sad. <laughs> it's like, so, well, this is the problem, though. It's like, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish. No, I was just going to say uh, – you know, when you cook, like, a really good meal and then have to eat it alone, it's kind of like, how am I How am I not booed up? How do I not have a husband? I'm making Cornish hens for myself. It's, uh, I don't know. Cornish, Cornish hens, is that, that's, a, that's advanced cooking. That's not, uh, you know, that's not just slapping a couple of turkey burgers on the grill. I mean, you know, you got you to gotta yeah, work yeah. harder to get a Cornish hen right. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very bougie with my food. So uh, that was one of the things I ran out. Like when quarantine started, I was like, we got to have some Cornish hens, which I don't think that was on many people's uh, shopping list. Not mine. I'm more of a candy guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, got to buy some Cornish hens. Absolutely. Got to stock up on veggies. Got to stock up on fancy cheeses. Like my my quarantine, I think that's the thing. Like I've, I've realized in isolation 
the uh, the person that I've I'm becoming is uh yeah, kind of bougie, a little strange. Uh and um yeah, the way, yeah, I've just been keeping myself very preoccupied. Right before the start actually, I woke up, I started I folded my laundry, I've got another load ready and then I'm making um a, a limeade with grapefruit and mint. I mean, it's just yeah, cane sugar, all that kind wow. of stuff. Wow. Lime, yeah, making yeah. your own limeade. That that sounds yummy. Yeah. I mean, that's like pretty pretty uh, low on the totem pole, but it's like, oh, yeah, let's uh, let's see what a limeade tastes like with a little bit of grapefruit juice. Why not, right? Sure. What the hell? I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Is it, I mean, I feel like in quarantine, the answer to should I try this is like, yeah, why not? True. Very true. It's been a long time, I feel like, on my end. I'm like, yeah, let's just, why not? Just uh, start drinking. I've been making a lot of blood orange margaritas. That's the other thing. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah. You, what do you, how do you do that? Yeah. You get an actual blood, you get like actual blood oranges, you get the blood orange juice. What's the, what, how do you make that? Okay. Well, this is what I learned the hard way. Blood oranges don't produce a lot of juice. So oh. when you, like I bought them and I squeezed them and I was like, this ain't going to cut it. Uh, so then I had to add regular orange juice and then I just bought blood orange juice. that was already squeezed. And yeah, then I made a simple syrup with it. And then when I made, it's a frozen margarita, so I made the regular frozen margarita recipe, and then I added the simple syrup. Wow! So you're not you're not even making. I mean, you know, my, I make a margarita. It's it's a margarita mix. I'm I'm very lazy in that regard. I mean, I mean that's probably better. <laughs> there are times where I'm like, I've been standing in my kitchen for hours. Why? <laughs> Like, my back will start to hurt, and I'm like, I feel like I'm my own uh, personal chef. It's like, oh, my God, I keep working so hard. I'm like, you can stop at any point. This is just for you. Like, you cannot make your food so bougie. But, you know, I figured it's uh, – if you're – to be alone during quarantine, like, you got you to gotta do the best you can. You got to make the best of it. Right. I think that's good. I think that makes sense. I think, uh, yeah. no, you say, say the person you're becoming, is this, was this not how you were in, in the before time? Um, I was always very, like, I've been cooking for most of my life. My family is like originally from the South. And so you just learn how to do a little bit of everything. So I've been cooking for, yeah, like 30 some years now. I'm 30, I believe 39 next month. And so, okay. uh, I've always been very particular about food. I mean, we ate a lot of quiche growing up, which is pretty strange because I am black, and that's not really a go-to uh, meal for most black people, quiche Lorraine. Not that so I, I always, yeah, like, okay, fair. Yeah, yeah. But so we always, like, ate, you know, like, balanced meals, lots of fruits and vegetables, and then I've just been always very particular about how I sourced my ingredients. And then, yeah, I'll cook, but that was the thing. I was like, all right, I don't, I usually will cook like most of my meals for myself. And then at the back of shows, I'm like eating some strange like Brussels sprouts and bratwurst before I go on stage or after. But this, I was like, oh, well, I have all this time to cook. So let's really get in deep to some like extra bougie stuff. But now I have time to make all these other things. Lots of components. Right. That makes sense. I think that makes yeah. sense. That also, once you I have the time, that you expand your t- your palate to fill the time. I'm sorry, what? 
Yeah, exactly. Plus, I watch a lot of Bon Appetit videos. That's when I realized I'm like, this is part of the problem. Because I'm like, why can't I just make a tuna fish sandwich? And then I'm like, well, you watch all these Bon Appetit videos. Are you familiar with Bon Appetit, Brett? Uh, I am not. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that's normal. Uh, bon Appetit is a, is a food magazine, and then they have online Oh, the food magazine, yeah. Videos. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But so then they have, like, online videos with, like, different – which actually has been a huge scandal, but whatever. That's other news. But so their videos are like, you know, we'll go through different uh, food techniques and cooking techniques. And that's, and then it, I think about month two, I was like, this is why all your food's so complicated. You keep watching all of these recipes with like 13 steps. So you're just internalizing that and making your food more complicated. But it's a great way to fill the time. Um, I think it is. That makes a lot of sense. So that was going to be my next question: Is what are you watching on TV? So it sounds like so you're watching the Bon Appetit oh. videos. Um, are you have you, I, have you, have you been I, binging I, yeah. anything? Yes, that's the thing. I, I eat good food and trash TV. That's the that's the killer combo right there. So I will say this: I started on Tiger King literally the day it dropped and was oh hooked. wow. And before it became the wave, and I remember telling everyone, like, I think halfway through episode two, I was like, everybody needs to watch Tiger King. And then I think it got maybe, like, 15 likes on Facebook. And then within the next week, it just blew up and it was everywhere. So I loved Tiger King. Um, I watched Love Island, which is awful. Um, what is, what is Love Island? What is that? What is that? Okay, it's a British... I watched the British version. It's also an Australian version, I think an American one. But Love Island is basically a bunch of hot people, and then they'll throw in one person who's attractive and kind of intelligent, which I don't know how they survive. And then they're in a, in a villa in Spain, and it's a, it's a dating show. So everyone couples up, and then, you know, the couple, they'll vote, and then they'll break up, and then they'll call, recouple, and blah, people get voted off, and blah, 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 blah. Um, I do like British reality because I used to live um, in Ireland part-time like 10 years ago. So their reality shows are a little more organic, I'd say, a little less produced, or at least it appears to be. Um, But, yeah, it's it's a great way to just forget that the world's ending. It's it's pretty mindless. I'm looking it up right now. This is definitely uh, not for the unattractive. This is... This is a good-looking group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Not the, yeah, pe- not the people you want to hire to do your taxes. People. But well, I'm sorry? No. I said, yeah, it's a lot of hot people. Yeah, very hot people. But they're very, so very dumb. They're so dumb. One of the women was asking about Brexit. So she didn't know Brexit was happening. It's like, are you insane? It's happening? Wow. You're, yeah, this might be the last time you go to Spain like this, girl. Like, what are you doing? Uh, what, don't you ever like, wonder what that must know. be like? Or, don't you ever wonder what that must be like to have no interest in what's happening in the world? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're probably a lot happier than the rest of us. That's the one thing. I'm like, they're having a great time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I guess that's true. Bliss. That's true. There is true. Uh, I, I mean, it's awful, but it's like, man, they're, you know, all they know is how to be hot and get paid for it, and they'll probably make more money than I will ever make in comedy. So, mm-hmm. so it's fine. And then uh, Married at First Sight is my new is the new wave for me. Uh, it's what is that? It's completely insane. Uh, Married at First 
site are people who literally get married and they've never met. They meet at their janky wedding. And then they, they keep – it's an experiment, which I don't ever want my marriage to be referred to as an experiment. But they have, like, six to eight weeks to figure out if they want to stay married. And they know nothing Ugh. about each other. It's pretty crazy. So I mean, they, they did – was it Married by America? There was one that there was a big controversy about in the early days of reality TV. Um, I think it was Married by America, where America like decided that you got married. People were very upset, the institution of marriage, blah, 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 blah. But I guess we don't care anymore because this sounds if – I were, if I were an institution of marriage guy, I'd be pretty upset. <laughs> That's true, actually. That's a very good point. I guess, yeah, everyone's just like, ah, whatever, it's fine. We all yeah, whatever, it's another reality show. Um, Who cares? Entertainment. Uh, they have a panel of um, experts, I'll put that in quotes, like three people – who match these couples together. And sometimes the reasons are very, very flimsy. Like, oh, well, he runs a gym and she's a dietitian. It's like, what? <laughs> You're going to get along. <laughs> like, okay. And it's, I mean, it's really bad. Like, you're like, oh, my gosh. These people, they're, they're living with a stranger. It's awful. I mean, I, I, mean I just don't know how, I mean – that I mean, how do they even so they so they allow the the reality show producers to match them up? Yeah, basically, or they're experts. Put that in quote. One of the women is a sociologist. What does that have to do with any type of relationship experience? Nothing. I don't know. That means one's nothing. a pastor. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then you know you'll see them like it's it also funny. You can see how they're being pressured to stay in these awkward marriages. They're like, well, remember. This is a legally binding agreement. Are you ready to just give up on your marriage? And it's like, wow, <laughs> a little heavy-handed. Yeah, sounds like and it. And they'll be like, no, okay, I, I see what you're saying. I'll keep giving it a shot. It's really bad. This one couple, they're three weeks in. They still haven't had any sex. Oh, wow. Just they have zero well, but, but you don't, But you don't it's, know it's, each other. You don't, you, that, but that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you, don't, you don't even know this person. True, but they have, like, zero chemistry. It's really awkward. I mean, it's great television, but it's, that's the gym owner and the dietitian. <laughs> they have no chemistry. And I understand, like, the other couples have already consummated the marriage, and they're just barely kissing each other. So it's just like, oh, I don't think this is going to work. And now, the, now they're both getting tense, of course, and they're stuck together. Awful. But <laughs> once again, it's better than the news. Ah, there we go. It's better. See, I, see, for me, and I talked about this way too much on this show, is I, I, my go-to are the superhero shows. And the superhero shows have very little to do with the news, except for Black Lightning. Black Lightning, actually, um, it's not so much the current with the news, but, it, but it, like a year and a half ago, they were doing Black Lives Matter stuff. So that was interesting. Ah, I've been yeah, catching yeah, up yeah. on that. So that actually kind of pulled me back into reality. But in general, those are pretty far removed from anything resembling reality. <laughs> Um, but I guess reality smart. TV is also – I, I like reality TV is not reality. I think that's uh, that's that's a good way to look oh. at it. Are you into any reality shows? I'm really not. I, I, am, I never Probably got into smarter. it with the, from the very first wave. The only show I was ever into, and it was brief, I sort of caught it on like a marathon. It was a show called Workout, and it was about a woman who owned a gym. 
And it was oh. it was it was dumb hot people, but it was like dumb hot personal trainers. And for some reason, mm. that really appealed to me. Like everything was really important, and you know, everybody they, they had really strong opinions about things. And it's like you're all idiots. You're all you're all morons. This is fascinating. Uh, every time I watch yeah. it, I do kind of get into it. Like I was on a plane and I watched some Ninety Day Fiance. Yeah. And it, and it, I kind of I was like I could see getting into this. I don't know. Or I watched X oh, on the Beach. Oh yeah. X on the Beach. It's like it's like real it's like meta reality because it's reality stars. It's like it's a, re- it's a reality show made up of reality TV stars. So yes. it's not. So these aren't real people. Like these are just the these are just very very <laughs> fake people. They're like bred in a lab yes. or something. You know, like one yeah, was on 100%. Teen Mom and one was on this and one was on this and it's and it's all very. I I almost feel like I don't speak the language of reality TV. I feel like there's a whole <laughs> other set of stuff that you can talk about there. Um, and it just the Night Day Fiance was was kind of fascinating because it really. I, I, the same reason this, you know, marriage show sounds sort of fascinating is like, what are you doing? Like, wh- why would you put yourself <laughs> through this? This is not just the camera following you around. This is your life. This is a big, big yeah. thing with your life. You really want to deal with that? And I, so I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 bonkers. Like, Night Day Fiance is probably hands down one of the best reality shows ever because it it actually is like it combines so many different reality shows. Like you have, it's a travel show. Then you also have like, they're getting married. So then you have the whole say yes to the dress aspect of like, what dress is she going to pick out? So that that takes a couple episodes or an episode or so. Then you also have the, when they get here, like, it's like, Ooh, stranger in a strange land, the foreign components. Um, And then of course, when they get actually actually get married, so in some ways I'm like whoever came up with this is is a fucking genius. I don't know if I can swear. I'm sorry. Um, That's right. I know it's 11 a.m. Okay, cool. But it's like they figured out how to put so many shows wrapped up into one. Um, it's it's pretty great. It's pretty cringy a, a lot, but it is pretty uh, amazing. Um, and I actually, I have someone who I married, uh, I was married years ago, a long, long time ago, uh, and I married a foreigner. So it also, also appeals to me in that sense where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, uh, they don't know what, you know, America looks so shiny and new from far away. And then once you get here, you're like, oh, okay, it's a lot of um, really hard work and people in Walmart, like it doesn't look like television. So uh, it is interesting to watch people acclimate to America. And then also the Americans tend to have, like, these awful expectations as if they're they're not bringing a person over, you know? Like, they'll be like, I don't understand why so-and-so is depressed. And it's like, well, they've, they're they're not at home. Their, their family's gone. Right. They're everything – they're completely removed from everything they ever knew, and it's not an easy thing to just be oh, yeah, it's not like – it's not like a vacation, you know? Like, and a lot of times, you know, the Americans don't understand that. It can be uh, pretty – it can be pretty awful. But also, once again, it can be highly entertaining. And I think Fiance is, like, I think the king of all the reality shows. And there's so many spinoffs now, too. Oh, are, is that right? I, didn't, I was unaware of that. Oh, yeah. So there's so 90 Day Fiancé was the original one. Then there's before the 90 days. And that's when people, you, 
yeah, people are just trying to decide if they're even going to do the 90-day process. Then there's happily ever after, which follows together, that, or while they're breaking up. Then there's one other one, and then now they have a quarantine one, too. Oh, the so other they have a way, quarantine show? Yes. <laughs> For the couples that are quarantined together. And then there's 90 Day Fiance the other way. And those are people who their visas weren't approved or they don't want to go through the visa process. So they're moving to their partner's country. Americans moving abroad for their partner. Wow. Now, which do you like better? Do you like seeing it work out or do you like seeing it fall apart? Uh, I mean – Oh no! It's, I mean, I, I, even though I am the way that I am, I am a romantic. I want people to find love, but and then when it does work, it is very like endearing. They're one of my favorite couple. They just had a baby, um, and they you could tell from the beginning though that they really loved each other, and um, I'm glad that they worked out. So when it works out, it is like aw, because it's a hard process. Like bringing, I don't think people fully Americans fully understand just how difficult it actually is to legally bring someone to America. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of stress. And a lot of times, depending on how long it can take, you can break down the relationship, just the process, just the visa process alone. Um, right. So, uh, you know, you, you hope that – I always hope that it's going to work out. But some of the couples you can tell from the get, you're like, this is not – you guys are not a good match. Either their expect yeah the expectations of the Americans are not very respectful or human, or you know or the person you could tell like okay this might be like a scam and they're just trying to get to America but then there are couples that really really do work which is great I you know I want people to be to work out as a couple that's that's right. wonderful but then if they don't belong together it's like oh thank God they broke up like that's they were terrible. So it's funny. Yeah. This, this is the second show in a row, I think, um, where we talked about reality TV. The last one, uh, this comedian Elizabeth Lopez, who also works in reality TV. So mm. we talked a little bit about that. We t- her dream job is 90 Day Fiance. That's the, that's her favorite show. She thinks that's that one is absolutely <laughs> the best. So that's pretty yeah. funny. Sit the cream um, with the crop. Yeah, no, it sounds like it sounds like it is. So uh, so let's talk about you as a comedian. How did you get started in comedy? Okay, so um, I, the first time I actually performed stand-up was at my friend's 30th birthday roast. And so this this is my one of my friends from high school. We dated in college, and then we stayed friends. And his now wife coordinated a surprise roast for him. Now, in high school and college, he did parliamentary debate. So I was like, so all of his friends are debaters. And I was like, I have to bring it. Like, I was like, I have to bring it. These guys, you know, they used to speak all the time. Uh, my friend Mikey, he's white. All his friends are white. I was like, I'm the only woman who's doing this besides his sister. I'm com- I'm coming in from New York. This was down in Baltimore. And I'm the only black person here. So, like, I just have to bring it. And I got to right. say, I, I killed. I killed. Like, I, I, and so I, but I just, you know, whatever. I make fun of Mikey all the time because he's a ridiculous person. So, uh so then afterwards, a bunch of people were like, oh, yeah, so you're a comedian. And I was like, no, I'm just Mikey's friend. <laughs> They're like, no, like, you do comedy. You like, they brought you, they brought you in as a comedian. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, what are you talking about? I'm a real estate agent. And so then um, 
that's that kind of put it in my head like okay which actually I always liked stand up and I always liked comedy so I thought it was funny and then fast forward two years later uh was when I I'd say I started I'd say a year later I started properly writing jokes I had always written kind of observations or things that made me laugh in my phone just to keep myself entertained um but then I was really like starting to work on jokes and then in 2013 I started doing proper sets that's when I was like okay so I wrote for quite a bit of time before I actually started performing and uh yeah and then I took a class which did not actually really help with anything but it was a good way to get used to getting up and you know talking in front of people and then I started doing mics, and then the rest is history. So that was uh, there you go. seven years ago. Yeah. I feel I feel like the class, you know, I don't know about your experience. Mine mine was pretty good, but it really did. It just kind of it got me it got me used to the idea of getting up and doing a five minute set. That you know, I had tried yeah. it without that, and it was a lot rockier. Like it it was fine in that you know nobody died, nobody caught on fire. It was not the end of the world. <laughs> But it was – that's something a, a comedian friend of mine, Eric Marino, says, you know, always remember you are not on fire. And I think that is a very, very important thing to remember, especially when you're – when the show is not going well. And it's like, well, I'm not on fire. I guess that's good. Word. But, you well, know, sometimes it, you it, wish you were. You're like, God, if there were some type of – someone have a heart attack or something. I want to get up. Right, exactly. Can we just uh-huh. end this, please? The set is it's just killing me right now. But I think that um, – uh, what was I going to say? Basically, it helps to have that little push to give yourself a little bit of a start. Because like I was the same way. I had been writing jokes my whole life. Like I, I just written stuff down, and never really thought of anything. You never really thought of it like you know, oh, I'm going to get up and do these and perform them. I just sort of scribbled stuff down in notebooks. And then when it came time to make a set, I I found I had some jokes, you know. And then yeah, and it took. Then it took another. It took about another six months before I started really writing about like who I am and what I'm, you know, where I'm coming from, as opposed to just kind of jokey jokes. Jokey jokes yeah, are yeah. fine. I have no problem with jokey jokes, but I, but it's, it was, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to expand what I was talking about a little bit. So, um, I tend, to, I tend to oh, advise cool. people if they want to get started in stand up, like why, you know, if you can afford it, take a class. Just you know, see how it goes. Because if you just get, unless you're, if you if you're really disciplined and you can just write and sit down and really dig in, then I think that's great. But not everybody's like that. Some people need that little extra push. That's that's true. That's very true. I just I do feel like I wish. I guess where I took class, um, it I wish there was it was a little more hands on. And so when I hear sometimes like other people speak of their class experience, I'm like oh, you actually got, like, proper feedback or you were guided or you had, like, assignments. And I just feel like the class that I took was uh, – I mean, it's still – I don't regret it, but I still also am kind of like, oh. <laughs> like, there were things that you – that were taught during your class. My class was more like, okay, yeah, tell your jokes, and then you get a little bit of feedback, and then they move on to the next person. Um, but, you know, it's still – it's all part of the process. Uh, it was also good to think just to have um, a group of people or a handful, I should say, of people to go to mics with. I think yes. that was really, really helpful. Um, I, I didn't really start doing this until I found a mic that I really liked. It, once I found yeah. that, then I, then I then I really dug in and I, I was I went every week and not not just not just once. Like I went multiple times a week and you know now now it's like I try to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. 
because I think that's good yeah. too. Yeah. But it's definitely, definitely helpful to have a place that you like, you know, and a group that you and, and having people to go with is huge. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it makes a huge difference, as you said, because it's just it's it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird environment. <laughs> like open mics is just a very specific feel. And I remember the first time I went to a mic by myself. Uh, it was at Stand Up New York on the Upper West Side, and I remember I got there, and I afterwards I told my friend, I'm like, these were the weirdest dudes I've ever been around, and I'm not, but I I've always been this person who's, who's had a lot of guy friends. Plus, I work in real estate, so I'm used to being around a lot of different types of people. So that's so that's why I was like, where did these dudes come from? Because they're so weird in a specific way, but I've never interacted with people like them before. I mean, I do think Set Up New York tends to attract a very specific crowd uh, or type of comedian. Yeah, like I I just feel like I've seen a lot of weird stuff go down Set Up New York mics where I'm just like, who is this person? And then I won't see that person in any other mic, but – you know the vibe is is uh, it can be so sad and down and self loathing. You're just kind of like, oh, is this is this comedy? I mean, it depends on the mic as well. But uh, I just remember like the first mic I went to being like, what the? Well, the first mic I went to alone rather, just being like, what what's with these guys? And now I'm like, oh yeah, these weirdos are the only people I'm friends with. Uh, I don't have that many non comedy friends at this point. Um, no, at this point, all my friends are com- all my friends are comedians. It's it's actually it's almost like I sometimes forget. Like I was talking to a non-comedian friend, and I, I, I used the phrase "run the light," and I just kept talking. And then finally, he said, "Brett, what what does that mean?" I was like, "Oh, right, okay." <laughs> so I just forget. Like I, I this, there's vocabulary. You know, there's stuff that you yeah. like. I'm running. You're running the light. You're I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of other just comedian things, but there's just there's stuff. There's a there's just a vocabulary and words and phrases yeah, that yeah, you use. Yeah, and you, and if you, yeah, if you're not a comedian, you have no idea what you're talking about. It just doesn't yeah. make any sense. And then at all. also, uh, regular people uh, can be boring. Sometimes I'm like, even my friend Mikey. Like I've known him, you know, for most of my life. And sometimes I'm like. Too much setup. Get to the punchline. What's the end of the story? I'm like, come on. <laughs> oh my god, it drives me crazy. Someone, someone's <laughs> yeah, going on like and on and on, and you just, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, let's totally. Go. Let's go. Get to the point. Got to edit that. You're killing me. You're like an old man on a park bench. Just fucking. Can't wrap you say it that up. in like ten words. Where, where's the story going? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I Way mean, too not, much it's setup. Also, I feel like. Oh my god, yeah. Like, come on, punch up the story. Um. I will say though, like I feel like going through quarantine, I sometimes I'm like I need more non-comedy friends because comics are still comics, which I think has been the most interesting thing. While we can't like perform comedy live, first first thing was like I I've done a lot of Zoom shows and and IG live shows, and you know what? That's all we got. I mean now now shows are starting to pop up outdoors, but. You know, just like comics are constantly complaining. It's like I see all these complaints, and I'm like, guys, this is it. Like, we don't have anything else. This is the only way to do comedy right now. I mean, it's fine if you don't want to do it, but at the same time, you're complaining as if there's an alternative. Like, this is all we got. 
And for me, my first of all, being alone, I was like, so first time somebody was like, hey, do you want to do an online show? I was like, yes. I didn't even want to see another person. Like, no problem. What what time? I'll be there. I was so happy just to talk to someone else, like, you know, screen to screen, face to face. Um, but then also in doing the shows, it's been able to – my biggest fear was, like, I don't want to forget my jokes. I don't want to forget my jokes. I want to stay mm. crisp. I want to stay fresh. And so when I had – last week I had two live shows. And I don't mean to, I mean, not, I'm not bragging, but like I was one of the only comics who was like coming in hot. And I'm like, yeah, everyone talks about how stupid these Zoom shows are, but like, of course you'll forget your material. You haven't been performing. And I came in, I was like, I did two Zoom shows earlier. I'm ready to go. I know my set. I know exactly, you know, like I know exactly what I'm going to say. I know my new jokes I've been working on. And um, so there is definitely a function to them. But I was like, oh my God, comics are always, complaining about something also giving terrible advice right have you noticed um i don't know if this is maybe your group of friends are smarter than the comics that i'm friends with but <laughs> i feel like in the beginning of quarantine i went from oh my gosh my friends they say such stupid stuff on stage it's so funny to like oh my friends they're so stupid why are they giving out medical advice i'm like you you're stay in your lane we hang out in basements in the back of bars we don't give out medical advice. You don't know what you're talking about. The doctors don't know. And this is a pandemic. So why, I mean, people were writing paragraphs and paragraphs about coronavirus. And I'm like, what? A week ago, you were trying to, you know, master a dick pit bit. Now all of a sudden yeah. you're doling out, uh, you know, medical, like, like, oh, this isn't real. It's like, what? I mean, I'm not saying it's you're not right, but I'm saying I'm not going to go to you, a comedian, for anything that pertains to my health. So that was also did, did that did that happen to you? Did you see a lot of opinionated comedians talking about what to do and not to do? Some, I mean, give me terms like what to do to get to avoid getting coronavirus, that kind of thing. Or, I mean, I've seen oh, no, I've seen some, but. Um, I haven't I haven't seen a ton of health advice, so maybe maybe it's maybe it's just my friend group because uh, most mostly we've been talking like I'm in I'm in this terrific uh, group chat and all we do is talk about like tweets and you know jokes and stuff like that. I mean there's uh, there's there's not a whole you know a little bit of politics but nothing major. It's really pretty much limited to jokes. I, I think we pretty much stay, oh, we're staying in our lane. We're definitely staying in staying in. Now yeah, did you say you did a live show like you had an actual. Did you say you had an actual yeah. show in front of an audience? Wow, where was that? Yeah, I had two. One, they were both in Queens, um, both in Astoria. One was in front of the Bel Air Diner, and they stayed in their cars. But once again, that's where I thought, I'm like, this is why it's good that I was, I've was i been doing shows online. Because when you do a Zoom, usually you can see and hear the audience. So that's like, you know, I mean, that's the closest you can get. But then there's some Zoom shows and then IG live shows. You, you're just telling jokes and looking for right. hearts and looking nothing. for likes. You know what I mean? But so doing the car show, I was like, that prepped me for this because <laughs> they couldn't jingle their keys. And you could hear some laughter, but they mainly just flashed their lights when they liked the joke. But I was already ready to basically just talking to no one and then hoping for minimal response. So it wasn't that weird to me. I was like, okay, these lights flashing are like hearts on IG Live. So that was dope. Um, and then um, the 
the following, so that was last Thursday. I think it's every Thursday now that show's taking place. And then um, the following Friday, I had a show in Astoria Park. And that was really dope because, you know, it was just literally out in the open. There were no cars. There were no no screens or glass for once. And it was just, you know, people. Uh, And so that was, both of them were dope. Um, Yeah, it it felt good, but then it was also weird. Or it was great to see comics. So then it, I feel like you, it just, in some ways, I then started to process everything that we have been through as a global society. And when someone's like, so how, how have you been? And you're like, oh, <laughs> so much has happened. Where do I start? What exactly. do I share? Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, yeah, a lot been going on what's been going on with you a lot as well okay um but yeah it was dope it was very it was very exciting but then also sad like because like ah i want to keep doing this i don't know when i can do it in person again but you take what you can get right Right. No, well, listen, that's great. I've heard I've, uh, it's Aton Levine's show, right? The uh, the drive-in? Yeah! Yeah. yeah. No, I know Aton. He's been posting a lot about it. That's re- that's a really cool idea. I mean, I, I I have to admit, the idea that, you know, your laughter is the flashing lights, that's pretty weird. But I guess it's no weirder than doing IG Live, where the, your laughter is nothing. So. Exactly. exactly. That's why I was like, oh, man, okay, good. I'm glad that I've been doing these things. and But that's also what's strange, where, like, comics have been like, oh, I see you're doing a lot of Zoom shows. And it's like, come on, man. Like, that's not a flex. I'm not, first of all, I'm not the kind of person to flex anyway. But it's like, I mean, who cares? <laughs> I'm not going to see someone doing a lot of Zoom shows and then be like, oh, so, see, so you're getting up a lot. It's like, what? We're all trying to get through a pandemic. That's all that I see. I think about like however you need to get through it, get through it. Although some people have been churning out way too much content, and I'm like, you're like a psychopath. Take a day to feel what the hell's going on in the world. <laughs> like, take a day off. But right. you know, it's just like it's strange to me. It's like comics are still thinking in that competitive sense, even though these are literally just online shows. Like, it doesn't no one's getting any like. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Well, you got to. This is what we have. I mean, there's a lot of comics that won't do them, and uh, you know, yes. I don't really get that. Like, I I mean, I'm not. And I don't think anyone's being standoffish about it. I think they're just like, it's not for me. I'm like, okay, then I guess you're not going to do anything. I mean, if I didn't have comedy during this, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I guess maybe I would have written a novel or something. But the truth is, this is what you know. This is what's kept me from losing from losing it. This is this is what kept me sane is doing 100% do you know doing the zoom shows doing the zoom open mics and also it motivates me to write like i like if i'm going to do a zoom yeah. uh, with the same people i don't want to come in with the exact same material so i want to come in with something yeah. new and therefore that means i got to write every day you know so yesterday yeah. i sat down i wrote for a half hour i'm not saying i came up with anything amazing but you know like i i had a nice tidy quarantine set i got to get rid of a lot of it cuz it's like i had some cuomo jokes he stops the briefing. Suddenly, that's not really relevant anymore. You know, things like that. But you know, yeah, you always have to make adjustments yeah. when something's topical. So, I mean, that's been yeah, awesome 100%. fun. It's been good. It's it's definitely yeah, I, been good. Well, that's that's exactly exactly. It's like, come on, guys. It puts. Uh, I I feel like also it just connects me to who 
who I, who I am. You know, I feel like for a lot of comics, we feel like, well, not everybody, but for a lot of us, yeah, it's like this is who we are as people. And then to not be able to do that, you know, a lot of people felt lost. You know, I would just cook and clean and stuff, but sometimes I'm like, I would have a flashback to like a show, and I'm like, that's right. Do this thing that was so much fun. And I have so much, you know, like to offer the world, and I have all these great jokes. And then, you know, I would just go back to like, stuffing of roasting a chicken or something you know what I mean like uh-huh. but, um but and I'm like but you know but then I also like having a show at night I'm like okay this helps give me structure this helps give me yeah things to work like new stuff to write and it helps connect me to the thing that I miss and love and feel like is who I am as a person not just like it's not just a pastime you know for a lot of comedians it's it's, it's how we we process the world um, and Lord knows it was all, everything that's happened. It's like, there's so much to say and so much to talk about, but I mean, I, I understand people who don't want to do it. Like I understand people who don't want to do anything, frankly, because it's, it's a lot, a lot has happened. That's <laughs> a short amount of time, but I think to critique it is a little silly. <laughs> you know, like, I just don't think, it, I just don't I, think it makes sense to you know, to not do it. I just, I think this, again, this is what we have. If you don't want to do it, yeah. that means you don't want to do comedy. And if you want to do comedy, this is comedy right now. So, you know, I'm seeing exactly. something. And again, if if you're a, if you're a high level pro, and you can do a Patreon and have people subscribe to your podcast and whatever, and do private videos, and you know, you're and you're going to get some of these, you know, out of town gigs as you know clubs open up and other places. You know, it's like okay, that's great. You know, that's but, I you know if. If you if you need the reps, like let's just get the reps. Let's just do it, man. Yeah. Why not? A hundred percent. What's the downside? I, exactly. Like, and then also, I mean, I I will say this. One thing I was impressed about was how quickly comics adapted. That to me was like so impressive. How quickly comedians were like, "All right, we're in quarantine. Let's get it going." <laughs> yes, you know, like okay. This is amazing. And even now that things are opening up, how quickly, um, or just like now that the weather is nicer, I should say, how quickly comedians are adapting and shifting again to like, how can we use open spaces to have shows? I mean, that to me is like, it's it's very inspiring. And uh, it's just one of those things where you're like, ah, yeah, because we need this. Like, we need comedy. As much as people need comedy, we need it as well. And, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, figuring out how to do it, how to do it online or how to do it in person. It's just like, oh, thank God. I mean, I don't have it. I, 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 at one point I was like, well, maybe I'll have it. And I was like, you're, I, I don't like promoting. So <laughs> I was like, there's no way you're going to be able to do, uh, produce a show and keep up with it. I, I, my attention can like, if I'm, if I have a show that's booked, I'll do it obviously. But like, I was like, you're not going to promote, you're not going to have the stamina so I'm really impressed. I don't know. Do you know um, Couch's comedy? Um, you know, I keep, it keeps popping up in my feed. I have not. I'm not that familiar. Yeah, he's. I mean, he started. He's over. I think maybe like a hundred days in or something. Oh wow! And he has it every night for three hours. I, every time I do a show, I'm like, I'm like, you know, Nick, you're out here doing the Lord's work. <laughs> like, you're the only audience, and you're listening for three hours every night two comedians and like giving us an outlet 
Um, it's pretty impressive. And he yeah, started it, awesome. I, I think, like, week one, maybe. Week one, week two. Um, so it's very impressive. And then also I have a I have a weekly show, two weekly shows, um, with another comedian, Megan O'Malley. Um, the Pit, I don't know if you know, like, Socially Distant Improv. So they just created their own channel of improv, not 24-7, but for a good chunk of the day. And then they have two stand-up shows on Friday, Fridays and Saturdays. And then Megan and I are the warm-up for those shows. And so oh, cool. weeks, I think we were supposed to do 15 minutes each. And then by week three, I was like, because I do a lot of crowd work as well. So, uh, yeah, by week three, I was like, wait, Megan, don't go. I was like, wait, wait, wait. And then I just started talking to her when I was running my jokes. And then now all we do is basically just like, chit chat um and like tell funny stories just i mean it's been it's been really good because one thing it anchors my my week where i know like okay every friday and saturday you have something you have to do (laughs) try to work on new bits so you can try to like talk about them if you can like during the conversation but then also it's like okay every friday and saturday i know i'm going to have a conversation with an outside person with my friend megan Chris, so that's Christiana, I hate to I, I hate to I hate to stop you, but we're going to run out of time. Um, can you tell oh, everyone yeah. where to find? Can you tell everyone where to find you on the social medias? Oh sure. So on Twitter, which I barely use, but then also on Instagram, it's incomparable. And then on Facebook, I'm Christiana Jackson. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, and you got those two shows that you mentioned. Uh, so thank you very much for being on. I really appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 